This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? We're back. Golden Spaces, Odyssey original podcast. It's Nat and Justin. Um, so some teams helped us out tonight, Justin. The Suns lost. The Kings lost. So instead of the Warriors winning so they could make gains in the West, they didn't do that. But at least teams that could have also made gains and created separation between us did not. So the landscape of the West is still kind of looking the same. And we're looking to see how the um, Utah jazz Pelicans game plays out. I know you're a little, a little like you would prefer that the jazz lose, but I'm, I'm okay with the Pelicans losing because ultimately I think the jazz at some point are just going to like, you know, at some point, like they're going to stop competing for that's real. A, that's a good point. That is a good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the the Suns lost, like you said, so they're now only two games ahead of the Warriors. And yeah, I mean, the Trailblazers are a game and a half. The Warriors can go, like I said, the Warriors can go on a run, and I think they will go on a run at some point because they do have that long home stretch, and uh, hopefully they end up making a trade or just adding a player that can really fortify their front court. And they'll go on a run where they win like 14 out of 20, 15 out of 20. And that'll, you know, obviously have them jump way up in the standings. And they should they should finish with a top three seed because none of these teams are really creating a lot of separation because none of these teams are really, really that good. Denver's defense sucks. The Grizzlies are a, a nice regular season machine. Um, but Bain is out for at least another month. Uh, they've won six in a row, though, which is great. The Pelicans have won seven in a row. Two young, athletic, deep teams that's just probably going to keep winning games. But everybody else, they either old, can't defend, or just kind of like got a fake record up to this point. So I think the Warriors can definitely make a run for it. Um, the Clippers potentially can make a run too, but who knows if Kawhi and Paul George will be able to play two weeks straight of basketball without some type of injury. Uh, so even despite the season going the way it's going so far, it's still a big opportunity for them to, you know, right the ship and get to where they need to be in the standing so they can have good position going into the playoffs because home court does matter. It does matter. Um, Say it again, Justin. Say it again. <laughs> home court does matter. Theoretically, if you are a third seed 
and you're playing a favorable matchup in the first round, you ended in five games, you go to the next round, you're going to see, obviously, a higher seed. You may end at five or six games or whatever. And maybe like last year, the four seed beats the one seed, you know, and you end up having home court in, in the conference finals again. They won that in five games. So imagine if you have had to play two more games leading up to the finals against Boston, maybe somebody else gets hurt. Maybe, you know, anything could have happened in that span. So the 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 less games you get to play in the playoffs, the better. Um, so home court advantage absolutely does matter. So they trying to they should be aiming for a top three seed in the West. And if if, if there's a point where they can catch one of those East teams, Boston or Milwaukee, they should definitely go for that as well. Uh, but it starts with you know just getting more depth on the team in the front court, especially. I haven't been enjoying the Warriors this season. Because there's one good game, then one bad game, or even if they win a game, sometimes it's frustrating. It's just, it's not enjoyable to watch. And I can't remember if we had this conversation on the podcast or like on the podcast when we weren't recording, but I'm trying to remember the last time I just like enjoyed a season watching the Warriors. And it's not because I'm one of these fans who thinks that they have to win every game, but like just the the inconsistency of it all in a year that they shouldn't be inconsistent, but it's just like, bro, when's the last time I just got to watch this team and not be annoyed. And I, I like, I think it's like early Katie years. Cause I like by them, like oh, third yeah. years, as like we were like that, annoyed then too. Yeah. I immediately went 2017 is the last year that we've had from start to finish an enjoyable season. And then even in 2017, Katie got hurt towards the end of the year. And they made a run, but it was like a bummer in the in the moment because we didn't know if KD was going to come back. But right. twenty eighteen, Steph was on a was on a heater early in the season and got hurt, and then he got hurt before the playoffs. Um, twenty nineteen, he was hurt again, and we had just bad vibes because KD was obviously leaving. Twenty twenty was bad vibes because everybody was hurt. Twenty twenty one, Clay, and they were just ass. Twenty twenty two, great vibes to start, <laughs> and then Dre gets hurt bad vibes Steph gets her bad vibes and then they win a championship so it made it it made it all worth it but now this year has just been good win terrible loss two good wins in a row three terrible losses right and (laughs) so just some consistency would be great a nice stretch where they can you know win at an 80 percent clip for a good stretch of games would be great um yeah, I'm 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 looking towards the end of this road trip. Like from that point to the rest of the season, I'm I'm hoping it's great vibes and they and they, you know, do what they're supposed to do because really after this game, I'm thinking like, look, you force Giannis to shoot fifteen jump shots and he don't make none. I'm I'm living with those results, right? Right. He's gonna get his free throw attempts, he's gonna get his rim attempts. I don't I can't see Bobby Portis averaging twenty five against us. Um, Brooke Lopez no. was on a heater early in the game. Um, this guys were really year, though, this year, Brooke. Yeah, Brooke, they got a drug test, they got a drug test, Brooke. I'm not gonna lie, he's completely changed his game. <laughs> like, he's obviously, um, been a good player for the Bucks, but to go from where he was early in his career to where he is now, and he's seeming to get better after having a back surgery, it's crazy. Like, so shout out to Brooke because. Yeah, he might be he might be the deep boy. I think Jaron Jackson is making a strong claim for that. 
um, as well. But, yeah, Brooks been balling. He had a dominant game tonight. He was really the, the main reason they were up so much, uh, I think, him and Bobby Portis. But, yeah, I feel pretty confident if the Warriors do what they're supposed to do with the roster, they can beat anybody. Um, they just got to gotta go out and do it. Just can't hold on to things they shouldn't be holding on to. One thing we didn't talk about, we didn't really kind of get into so much like the individual players tonight. I don't really want to like go through all of them. We touched on them a little bit, but like two things I like I Andrew Wiggins was out and I think his loss was like noticeable. But there are some there were those who would say like, "Well, but the 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 Bucks were missing, you know, Drew Holiday." But in your opinion, why do you think like the loss of of Wiggins to the Warriors um, is a bigger, I guess, it's more meaningful, more impactful than the Bucks not having Drew. Well, when you look at how the Bucks operate, like Drew was their third option on offense, right? And he's kind of up and down with his scoring. Um, he provides some playmaking, but for the most part, they revolve around what Giannis can do. Um, I think Brooks stepping up and uh, Bobby Porter stepping up offensively because the Warriors are so small, it kind of um, it, it lessens the the impact of what Drew would have brought, I think, right? The guys, the way they were guarding stuff, Wesley Matthews, Javon Carter, Grayson Allen, they're running them off the line. They're Whenever he calls for a screen, even though Brooks in a drop, he's in a high drop, and they're just like they're right on his hip. So they're running them off the line. I don't think Drew would have did anything different than that. Um, and then offensively, they were just running – the ball through their bigs because they know Golden State was weak in the front court. Obviously, Drew Holiday is not a big, so they wouldn't have been running a ton of offense through him. If anything, Golden State wants them to run offense through Drew Holiday rather than uh, through their bigs. So when you look at what Wiggins brings, he's an extra shot maker. He's been our second best shot maker all season. They definitely needed some shot making today. Jordan and Clay just didn't have it. Um, they needed just more athletic bodies in there to throw into the paint with Giannis to mix it up. Um, play in transition, um, take some more shots at the rim to challenge Brooke Lopez, potentially get him in foul trouble, um, stress the floor a little bit more, provide more defensive pressure on perimeter players like Chris Middleton and stuff like that. So I think Wiggins just plugs a lot more holes for Golden State in this particular matchup than Drew Holiday does, even though Drew is really good at what he does. Mm -hmm. I don't think anything that he would have done was missing from the Bucks today. They they got good contributions from everybody else that stepped up, whereas the Warriors couldn't replace Wiggins' production today from their guys. So if you add Drew back in, you're just getting more of the same, whereas, like, with right. Andrew, you there's something missing that you didn't have. Exactly. You're missing your second-best offensive player at this point with, with Andrew, and then with the Bucks, you potentially can add Drew back into the mix, and then his – inconsistency on offense could end up being a positive for the Warriors, right, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, much, much bigger loss, in my opinion, for the Warriors not to have Wiggins than Drew Holiday been missing for the Bucks. And with that, having – because, I mean, Clay was there or whatever – not whatever. <laughs> I swear I'm so annoyed by them, Justin. Clay was there tonight. But um, – do you think that, like, also, because you said, like, you know, Andrew's, like, their second best, so offensive player. Um, 
I think we talked about this a little bit last episode about whether he's actually their second best player, but we think he's either a two A or two B. So, um, but would him have been the, like him being there tonight, if he would have been there would have helped to like free up staff a little bit too. Right. Because I mean, they would have had someone else that they would have had to focus on. Exactly. Exactly. Somebody else that's just slashing can hit threes when he's open. So when Steph does get drawn multiple defenders, the ball can hit wigs and he'll be able to hit a shot or do something with it. Um, Milwaukee was just completely ignoring Dre and Looney all night, like sagging off him completely in the paint. But if, if, if Dre and, and so, but then that like just goes without question. Then like if, if Dre and or Loon or just, if somehow the team could have like offensively made some shots, done something to make that 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 strategy the Bucks were doing to to mm-hmm. render it ineffective, then it would have just opened up more things, right? So, um, but that's the thing. So it's like because some games this year, Dre has been an offensive threat. So like when teams are going to like deploy this strategy against them, he has to be able to do something. Yes. And also this is where the auto Porter role has to be filled a big that can play with both loon and Draymond and hit the open shots, right? Early in the first half lamb was filling that role. Um, he hit two threes and the Warriors went on a run because you can't just completely sag off of the other team's four. Um, and at the same time, like, it's just a tough matchup for Loon and Draymond. It's too much length, too much athleticism. Um, usually when they have good scoring games, it's against slower bigs that can't really get the – can't match Draymond's speed or um, smaller teams like Boston where Looney can get a bunch of uh, offensive rebounds and put it back. That's not available to them against Milwaukee, right? Giannis is one of the most athletic players in the league. Um, so the whole Draymond scoring thing is just probably not going to happen against the Bucks. And Looney, only shots that he's going to have available to him are those midi pull-ups that they're literally desperation shots. He can't get anything at the rim. Even when he gets the offensive rebound, pump fake, pump fake, pump fake, Brooke is going to stay down and just block it whenever he tries to go up. So that's just a a bad matchup for them scoring-wise. And this is where a guy like, I hate to keep bringing him up, a guy like Otto would be huge because he can stretch the floor. And when they pack the paint, you can just kick it out to him and he'll be able to knock shots down or at least be a threat to the point where he can do a handoff and the other team has to respect him. And it'll get guys like Jordan and Steph more space when they come off of his handoffs. So they got to find that guy. Maybe it's Kelly Olenek, something like that. P.J. Washington, bigger body that can guard bigs but also shoot. You know, they just got to get somebody because if they don't, it's going to look like this against Milwaukee. It might look like this against Memphis. Uh, these teams with these big front courts of guys that can protect the rim, they're just going to sag off. So, uh, yeah, super important to get to fill that role. Um, Otto Porter just went out for like a month or something like that with injury. It may not be a month, but like something with his it's toe. A month, yeah. It's a month. Yeah, you know, that's mm-hmm. why it's like so, you know, um, Sam from Light Years podcast had made a point. I don't think it was on his pod that he may have said it on his pod too, but um, I'm pretty sure it was like a tweet I saw. Um, no, maybe it was on the podcast. And I don't even know if it was like this year, but he's just like, 
in talking about Otto and what are you keeping, he's like, sometimes you just kind of think like maybe you let a guy like Otto go because like the fact that we kind of got like one pretty good year out of him, you know, like you may not really be lucky enough to get like another year. And that's like when, when everyone goes so crazy about Otto and GP, I'm like, I get it if we got those same exact versions, but like, right. That was my thing with Otto. I'm just like, at least that's one of the things I thought with Jermichael, at least I'm like, he won't need to be maintained like Otto, Otto, but he just sucks. But that was one of the things because Otto <laughs> does need to be maintained and he can't, you know, like he just can't be consistent for you. I mean, cause we maintained him. He didn't play back to backs and cause that's part of earning like that little bigger salary, right? Like you're expected to do a little bit more. And that's why I said like, not every team can like afford to maintain Otto like the way the Warriors did. They didn't play him back to backs. There were some times he still got like a little injured with us, you know? And then mm-hmm. like GP too, I felt the same way. I'm just like, I don't know. This guy's like, you know, he's a beast, but he's also, I don't know, not that durable. So it's just like, it was like, to me, it was like, I don't like not paying them because you're being cheap. I don't like that. But I was also okay with the decisions because to me, those guys are asterisks in terms of like their health and durability. For sure. For sure. And I think at this point, you, when, when people bring them up, they're more so talking about just the roles that they were able to fill and the, the lineup versatility that they provided for the team. Um, I think, I think if the you bring mistake, them up, that's what you think. There are still some people, like yeah, I saw people on the TL, like if we had them, the record would be different. How? They haven't fucking played. Like, what are you talking about? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, I, yeah, I, no, I, I understand that everybody loves to believe that our team, you know, med staff is going to keep them healthy and all the others apparently cannot. But like, bro, like these dudes are not that durable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel you. And I think, I mean, I think overall the biggest mistake that Golden State front office made this offseason beyond letting guys walk was just not replacing their skill sets um, in a way that made sense, if that makes sense, right? They, they, um, they opened the door for the young guys to step into those roles, right? But the young guys don't have direct like their skill sets don't match up directly to those guys who provide such value to a championship team, right? There is no auto on the young guys, right? So essentially you're like, okay, we don't have auto, but we got, we got James. And I think the thought process behind that was okay, but you're running a very risky plan there, even if it does go correctly. And he, and he's a good impactful player for you. It's not the same type of impact as auto, right? You got to switch up how you play essentially. So now you don't have anybody to fall back on. And then not only do you lose Otto, you lose Belly as well, who obviously is not even in the NBA anymore. He went to, oh, he went back overseas. But the the, the value that they brought was they were stretch bigs that you can play next to Draymond. You can play Otto next to Draymond and Looney. Um, and that's huge. It provided a lot of space for guys like GP2 to operate and, and cut. It provided a lot of space for just Steph and Draymond in general and all these guys, um, and now that's completely lost. We see the opposite of that spectrum with JMG and, and, and Lamb has provided a little bit of spacing, but he's not a spacer. Like, teams don't guard him that way. And, and Wiseman's obviously not even used on the perimeter. So you see how stifling it can be when you don't have a big that can shoot. Um, and I think that's where 
the issues for this for the season that they start and they are going to finish if they don't um, change it or do something about it. So, yeah, hopefully they can bring in two players. Honestly, they can bring in. You two. think they need two? Because I keep saying I think it's just one guy that they need. I to think it's just one guy. I think it's just one guy, but if they bring in two, then I would feel extremely confident about them repeating, right? Because, like I said, Otto and Belly provided that stretch big value, um, and at least in a regular season, that goes a long way. And then, I mean, Belly had a good moment in the finals, right? Like, he had good moments in the playoffs. Um, he, <laughs> you okay. know, like at the at the end of so the end y'all of the day, tell me. <laughs> I mean, but at the end of the day, whether or not he was like a world beater or not, he stretched the floor and he just allowed the Warriors to do to other do, things. He makes yeah. it much yeah, I get it. he makes it much easier for, for other guys like Draymond and GP two and all these other guys to, to have their skill sets on full display. So And that's a really good point. I mean you always make really good points, but it's a really good point because I think I tend to focus a lot on like what Belly himself did. And so like some of the stupid like playmaking stuff he try and the passes and missing right. the and I would look at that but not really thinking about just like what him being on the floor offered right and so um that's a really insightful point because I'm like he sucked but even if he didn't actually do great things his presence alone did great things and so um for sure you finally convinced me cuz you know I've been like that no <laughs> <laughs> yeah you did it, Justin. If you look at like Otto's playoff numbers, I'm sure they won't jump off the page. But there were moments where everybody in the fan base was like, yo, Otto's out I know Otto's good. It wasn't a numbers thing. He's good. For sure. Yeah. For Belly, people... D Lee, these other people <laughs> y'all tried to sell me on. I wasn't hearing it. And I'm still not hearing it for da- for for Damian Lee. But uh, I am now funny. more convinced when it comes to, to Belly. Yes. Yeah, at this point in the season, D Lee's magic would have run out. You know how D Lee does. But exactly. And Juan wasn't a, really doing much either. He's hurt this year too, yeah. isn't he? I'm not sure. Or I think he was for a little bit, but I see the Lakers fans like, what does this guy do? Like they like they're like over Juan <laughs> Yeah, Juan's definitely one of those guys that's like the Warriors make him look made him look a little bit better than he actually is, or at least he just doesn't fit with the Lakers for sure. Um but yeah, they were good vibes, guys, too, though. That's the they were locker room guys, you know. But some of the some of the young guys starting to pick that up though. Yeah. Kaminga, maybe because he's yeah. playing now, but he's been he's been hype on the bench. Yeah, yeah. Moody, man. Moody, I'm, i feel bad for Moody though. I do too. I feel bad for Moody. I feel like Sending his confidence at this point vibes is shy. To you, Moody. Sending positive vibes to you. Yeah. He don't look very confident in this game right now. No. Um, they should have just sent him to the G League. If they were going to do this, they should have just sent him back to the G League, to be honest. He would have averaged 40, but still, he'd at least be, you know, getting reps, keeping his confidence high. But now he's getting DMPs when he does play. He's scared to shoot now. Um, yeah, it's just it's just bad. So, sending, sending good vibes to Moody. For real. All the vibes to Moody. All right, let's break here. And, um... We'll come back and just do a quick preview of some of the upcoming games. It's Golden Spaces, Odyssey, Nat and Justin. Be right back. 